Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Every day you trust your gut and that gut feeling can lead to a kick in the guts, but your gut instinct was right, so you bust a gut because someone will have your guts if you don't. <sighs> you know what your gut deserves? Glenillen Farm Yogurt. Bursting with live cultures, it's the daily way to keep your gut happy and healthy and tastes delicious to boot. Choose Irish, choose local, choose Glenillen Farm. Welcome to the Dope Black Dads podcast, a place where we are changing the narrative and having progressive conversations about black fathers, as well as creating a safe digital space for the community. This is the Dope Black Dad podcast. My name is Marvin Harrison, and today is a very, very dull day outside. But more importantly, it's a warm day in our hearts because we're joined by one of the founding members of Dope Black Dads, Papa Tunde. How are you, sir? <laughs> I'm cool, bro. Did, I'm a founding did you like member. My presenting voice? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man's trying to blow, bro. Don't let me. Don't leave me in the hood, fam. You're nah, doing nah, really nah. well right now. Don't leave me in the hood, bro. I want to come with you. No, nah, all I'm saying is that you see when you said founding member, I honestly thought you were gonna say Marvin or Marion. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> you really I know No, nah, I get it. Like I was in the group chat for a long time, but real talk, I like because I don't really do too much within the group chat I was just like <laughs> I was trying to make it like you were active present loving guy but like you just show yourself but no, it's, no. it's true you, you can't lie bro no no man's a, a, a founding this still, is the first time he's done anything for us in any context in any way shape or form other than take up space in the limited <laughs> amount of people that can join a whatsapp group in silence so thank you for being honest we appreciate it integrity is important here <laughs> <laughs> and of course we have Marvin and Marlon here Our reoccurring voices Marvin obviously Wonderful friend Who has hair And a voice That I would definitely uh, Kill for uh, And then Marlon Who would love to be me But unfortunately His pie is really small And people don't remember him So Thankfully I managed To maintain the legacy And it's done really well For me actually I've done pretty good out of it To be honest How are you done Marlon? <laughs> Really, really, really well. Why did I start? Like, I don't know, I don't think i done well. i done really like, you know well. What? I'm really not going to lie, yeah, because you know when you think you're doing well, yeah? And then I went to go meet Marlon to go to Hampshire, and then I got in his car, and it's basically a spaceship. So I was like, oh, maybe I'm not doing as well as I thought. <laughs> 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 Marlon, don't have it, man. He had a BMW spaceship, bro. I was like, yo. And the thing is, he started getting arrogant, so we were driving, yeah? And then, like, the sat was being interrupted. 
by like, I don't know, weather or news or whatever. And it started waving at the screen and it started turning itself off. I was like, yo, what's this, bro? What feature is this? They, they don't have this in full focuses. What's going on? God bless the UK economy, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> Keep, keeping me afloat during this pandemic. <laughs> Do you know what? That's a real thing, you know, because some black people are doing really well as a result of the pandemic. Yeah. We don't really talk about them, like, because Definitely. now they need black expertise and they realise there was no black people on TV and there's no black people uh-huh. on radio and the advert, advert that they did had no black people in it. So a couple of people are doing all right, but if you notice how quiet they are, though, they don't say shit. They're just like, mm. <laughs> yes, because every party have taken advantage of us. But, mm. My bank says, uh... <laughs> <laughs> how has the pandemic treated you? I see you on my TV quite a lot now. You know, I have to, my son points out, I have to be like, I know him. I know yeah. him. He's my friend. Look. <laughs> no, no, to be honest, it's, it's, I've appreciated this time being at home, spending time with the, you know, with the family and obviously working. I'm still, I'm grateful to, to be still working through the pandemic because I was actually working, working. I was actually working at Transport for London. That was my job. And then I got mm. fired and I was just like, oh man, what am I going to do? And then, you know... Why did you get fired, bro? Did you get fired for stereotypical black shit, don't you? No, 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 no. You know what? How can I say? When I say I got fired, I was given a choice. I was given a choice, stay and someone else will lose their job or, you know, leave and that person will keep their job. And because I was doing Gogglebox at the same time, it was just like, well, things are all right for me. I'll, I'll be okay. So let the other person, you know, stay. And so that's what it was. So it was like, it was fired, but it wasn't with, it, it was fired with, but like a lowercase F, you know what I'm saying? Like, Bro, you're, you're ruining the reputation of black men right now by being noble and warm and fuzzy <laughs> and like, jumping on swords and stuff. That's not what we do. Let me switch it up. I, I was warming up some, you know, fufu and some stew in the in the market. <laughs> <laughs> and the smell, they couldn't take the smell, so I got fired. <laughs> I wanted to hear a story like I was at Kennerton Station and it was a bit peak and I saw my ass and I had to bring a strally there and I got caught with it and you know they gave me the ultimatum. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to say this too loudly, okay, because they start taking stuff away from us but I think we're doing okay we're doing alright the right. time might be turning I think we're this first generation that won't have to suffer heroic experiences we will remember the taste of frictionless success to some degree Absolutely. versus you know I think our parents the idea of my parents and my family's generation of even being on the TV yes I understand I grew up not even knowing that that, that was possible I felt it was like a, a like a village of people who just did stuff. They weren't really around us. They never like hung out with us or, you know, we weren't invited in. It was someone over there in a protected wall that makes TV programs and they live in this chamber. I was like, I never knew that. And now look at us. It's just like most of my friends do something in an incredible realm. And that's just normal to me. My son's is going to be like, every time he likes someone on TV, I'm like, oh yeah, I met him. He's like, starting to turn into a thing. So, you know, maybe we are in a good space. Do you feel that, Baba Tunde? I do. And um, I was having this discussion before because I, with a few other comedians, they were kind of talking about, you know, the TV industry and, you know, they had their opinions. But I was of the opposite opinion, basically saying that I think what's going on now is that the industry understand that there's voices that are not represented and they're trying to champion, especially black voices. And so you're getting your Mo's, you're getting your Judy Loves, you're getting your Baba Tunde's and all these Kojo's and Nabil Abdul Rashid, all these different people. 
And it's a good thing, you know, it's a good thing. Plus, we all know each other. We all, you know, came from the black circuit. So it's good to see like your peers transition from the black circuit, still doing it, but doing TV as well. It's great, man. I love it. But, but now that there's, it's not just one in, one out, because that's where it used to be. It'd be yeah. like, I mean, we, we spoke to Richard Blackwood a couple of months ago and he was just like, there was one guy. Yeah. <laughs> and then when the one guy went to a new realm, that guy was gone. Yeah. And, and he just kept on rotating. So something that Otis Dealey actually said as well. It was just like, he, he, he actually named the chronological order of black presenters that were okay on the BBC at every single point. I was like, I remember, I remember those people. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, is, is it more harmonious now? Is it a kumbaya or is it still like, you know, we don't, we don't mess with you? You know what I say? One thing I'll say is what I'm seeing is the fact that they are giving us the, the, the time to nurture our talent in terms of TV. So like me, I'm learning. I'm still learning. Obviously, Mo blessed me by bringing me on Gogglebox with, alongside him. And then everyone was just like, who the hell is that? You know what I'm saying? Like, he's funny. Like, we need him. Like, and what can we do with him? And so now I'm like working on different projects. And hopefully, just like Mo, you have, you know, I'll have my own TV show. And Judy, I know she's killing it. And I think she'll probably have something soon to announce. I, I don't know anything in terms of inside information, but just looking at her career... I think she might have something soon, but yeah, it's like they're giving us time to actually nurture our talent and become the next Lenny Henry's, the next Richard Blackwoods and, you know, these things. So yeah, I think it's good, man. That's big, man. I'm going to ask a question here and it's not intentionally meant to sound like I'm trying to start some shit. I genuinely am not. But but like, obviously I've known you and Mo from from the teens. Yeah. How do you, and and I'm more more asking this because I want people to understand things about timing. So you started before Mo in terms yeah. of comedy. Yeah. You're an incredible comedian in your own right. And obviously he's brought you onto a platform and that's amplified you. Yeah. What is your mentality in compared to potentially some others mm-hmm. in terms of timing? Because a- another version of you could be like, I'm funny. I was here first. Why, why were you not that guy? And why were you like, yo, that's my guy. I'm going to come and support what you're doing and take my moment. What, what would you say the difference is between those two people? I see it as it's just his turn. And when I say it's, it's his turn, not to say that his turn is going to run out and do, it's his turn. He's the chap. He's the king right now. And that's how you just got to see it. Like when I was coming up, Kojo was the man and that it was his turn, you know, and now it's Mo's turn. Mo is a, he is a talented guy. He's incredible. When I see the stuff he does, comedian, TV presenter, BAFTA winner, two-time BAFTA winner now. And like the, like the content that he creates on like his online platforms from his YouTube to his Instagram, which obviously blew him. He created his own lane. And for me, stand up was my only outlet. You know, he had a variety of talents. And so now that I've been brought alongside him, which he obviously requested, it's allowed me to kind of like express my different talents, like just from just bantering and stuff like that. So yeah, I I can never look at him and say, oh, I was here before you and I deserve, no, never. It's his turn. Let him, you know, live out his turn. And hopefully one day as I continue to progress within this business, this new TV business, Hopefully one day it will be like, oh, you know, Baba Tunde is the man right now. But even if it doesn't like turn out that way, I am comfortable with where I'm at now because I'm enjoying doing stand up. Do you understand? Touring up and down the country. I'm, in, I'm enjoying, you know, supporting big comedians. So I'm just loving the process right now. If you start to 
idolize that position of being the main guy, I think that's where you miss the mark. You know, I think you just got to enjoy your job the way you, the, how you do it and, you know, success will come, hopefully. Mm. You know why that's really powerful? Because I think a part of our, our duty as a podcast is like, I really want to focus on things like masculinity and sometimes yeah. people's egos can get in the way yeah. of their own blessing. So imagine you're about to get this amazing run of your own and then you immediately believe that you deserve X, Y, and Z. And you know there are some people who aren't as happy for Mo as they should be. And you know him, like I know him. Yeah. I, I met him, you know, very young. I think we may, we may have been one of the first people to put him on. Yeah. And... He was just a nice guy. So we didn't mind working with him because he just was a nice person to be around. And then he got incredibly like gift talented and he went on this run of like four years where if he wasn't on our show, like he was sick or abroad, like people would be like, oh, I'm not coming in. And that, that for me, cause he was replacing three other amazing. So London Hughes, who was our first host with Jamie Howard, Jamie Howard yeah. and uh, Little Man. He was replacing them and everyone loved them. We loved them. And so him coming in off the back of that, and actually we had a small run with Ace and Viz actually between them. Okay. And him coming in in between and smashing it and owning it from a place of no real background told me everything about him. Mm. And I think like that, that balance between who he is and what he creates for the people around him, i.e. you and all of us really, because we all get an uplift once he does something great because they just start looking around that, oh, maybe there is talent there. And it doesn't mean there's a hierarchy. It just means you're right. He's first. We all get an uplift because people start asking about where he came from, who else performed, who else is there. And then they get an uplift and then you just, your job is to pass it on. So that's right. I think that's something really, Bro, really beautiful. The, 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 stuff to, the stuff that he has brought me on since being with him on Gogglebox. Brother, I did an advert with him for Citroen. Yeah, it's not come out yet. I did, and, and when I was on set, I was just like, hold on, me, little Bubberton Day from Tottenham, you know what I'm saying? Some broken down road that I used to live <laughs> in. I'm thinking, I'm right, like right now, the heads of this, you know, car company have agreed for me. Fair enough, Mo, he's the guy that, but for me to represent their car, I was just like, you know what? It's a blessing, isn't it? So I just think I've had little whispers in my ear, like, you know, hey, man, you should be doing this and da, da, da. And I just don't pay no attention to that. I'm just like, no, Mo is the man right now. And you know what? It's his goal. So let me get behind him and just champion him and, you know, encourage him and push him. If something comes my way, then cool. But really and truly, my heart has always been set on stand up. So I can never stray from that. Yes, I love the presenting. Yes, I love all the TV work. I absolutely love it. You know what I'm saying? I never, ever like say no to it, but stand up is my first love. So let me fall in love with that. And because even if TV don't work, I have to go back to that anyway. So yeah, mm. that's why I remain. So what, what I, as you know, as we have a TV celebrity on, I wanted to talk about something connected. And so like, I am a huge fan of TV. That's really interesting, actually. So I spoke about this idea about, you know, learning from dads on TV and film as to what kind of father I wanted to be rather than my dad who taught me who I didn't want to be. And so I would look at the Uncle Phil's and be like, oh, is that how he handles it? Oh, that's the teamwork he has with his wife. And so even some of the like subconscious ways of like co-parenting and how I interact with, with women comes from some of these really good examples. And so I have a list of 30 dads from TV <laughs> and film. We have to <laughs> narrow it down to first a 10 
and then a top 10. It's a bit of work, okay? But we got 35 minutes. I, I believe in us. We're black men, and you just shown that you would fall on a sword for people. So I feel like we can achieve. <laughs> we can achieve. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to go through the long list, yeah? And as I go through the long list, if any of these resonate as an important top 10, say something, <laughs> and then I'll record. And if we have too many, we have to kick some out. Okay, so first, it's the Black Dads of TV. Yeah, there's actually 20 of these. So the first one is James St. Patrick, who played Ghost. Oh, as a good dad? Hell no. As this guy good, was a killer. He was a murderer. <laughs> the best depiction <laughs> of black fatherhood. And he's a really good dad, but he buns, man. <laughs> yeah, no. Bruv, he held a gun to his son's face and told him to wake up, bruv. Exactly. <laughs> bruv, he held a strap to his son's head. <laughs> Why are you acting like you didn't want to do it's that one time, bro? One time. Hell no. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. That, it looked good. It looked cool. It looked cool. No, it's a no. It's a no. Okay. Next one, yeah, is Eli Pope from Scandal. Do you remember him? Oh yeah. Man. He was a badass though. No. I didn't really watch Scandal. Like I'm not gonna lie to you. Bro. Scandal. It's too, too feminine for you. Look at you. No, you I didn't then. say that. Wait, whoa, you went. You match of the day, no? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't watch it. <laughs> All right, we'll park Eli because you didn't see him. All right, everyone must see this one here. Frank Mitchell from Moesha. You know what? Yeah. He was oh, a, yeah, well, yeah. He was a decent yeah, you man. Can, you can go on a long list. Yeah. He, was, he did technically have a child at a wedlock. He did. Which turned out to be Ray J. He also kicked out Moesha from the house. Yeah. True. For debating, disobeying her, yeah. maybe on two to three occasions. He was quite strict. He found her upstairs with the guy from Onyx. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, then, yes, he did, did it? And when she was dressing up like yeah, a... Yeah, that sharp high top, though. Like, he had a sharp box. <laughs> shape up. Yeah, man, the shape up was on point. Bro, you're the only one that has certified hair, bro. But I feel like this is the peak of what you're... you're yeah, no, this is... Me and Marlon are just in another room. I, I've, I've probably got like a good five years. I'm just, right just going for the all in one, the all one. I'm just going for the Caesar, the all one. Been doing it for a while now. All right, we're going to add Frank Mitchell to the shortlist. Next one is John Witherspoon from the Wayne Brothers show. Oh my God, yes, did I anybody did. watch yeah, that show? Sure, a couple of times. I think it was on Trouble, if you remember yeah, Trouble. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Trouble, yeah. yeah wow. Did anybody watch TCC? Because that was before Trouble. Was that on Cable London? Yes. Okay. It was TCC, though. It had all the stuff that Trouble had, but it was called TCC. Yeah. And he used to watch Hang Time. Hang Time, yeah. yeah. Is that what it was called before Trouble? Yeah, wow. TCC. That's crazy. Okay, then I did yeah. watch it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so do, do, we, do we add them on it? Pops from the Wayne Brothers? Did anyone see it enough? kind of worthless. Yeah. I, I think, you know, when we get to film, he might come back up on Friday as well. Yeah. Ah, yeah. oh, okay, okay, okay. Was he good? Yeah, he was because he had the gun mm. and the and he like and he was licking his fingers a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that was wild. All right, George Jefferson from the Jeffersons. Did anyone actually watch this? Because it's heavily American. Uh, I watched a nah, couple nah. reruns, but I wouldn't. I'd be lying if I said I watched it. 
Okay, cool. All right. Alan Jackson from EastEnders. <laughs> <laughs> what? He's an icon. What? Bro, him and Carol were a vibe, bro. He looked after Bianca when it wasn't his and Robbie. Oh, yeah. When it wasn't his child. He looked after his land. What did he do for a living? What did he do for a living? He, he did anything that was on the square that was available, bro. He <laughs> Dennis worked, no school, for he me, worked bro. in the cafe, he worked in the dry cleaners. Ah, uh, so, well, okay, no, no, no. For that, for that, I give him, I'll say yeah. For that, I'd say yeah, because you know what? At least he's, he's, he's grinding. He's, he's a yeah, man that will yeah. work a job. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's, grinding. He's, he's, he's grinding. And so, he took yeah. on kids that I, weren't his own true. as well. That's big. Yeah, every black man potentially have to do that at some point. Yeah. That's how life goes, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I like how we all went silent because I was just like, nah, I ain't taking that. Nah, nah, I'm definitely not holding that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like, big man, come get your child. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, cool. And then, did anyone watch Family Matters? Is that a cartoon? I did, but. Nah, it's got Carl Ortis Winslow. Mm. No? It's a stretch, man, for me to even um, remember. All right. We must know this. Andre Johnson from Blackish. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How, how do you rate that well, show? Because it's, it's one of the few modern ones that really, really, like... I like it. It's consistent. How, how do you rate it? I like it. I think it's good. It touches on some good topics. I like it. I never seen it. No one I, else? I've never no? seen I, I haven't it. got around to it. It's on my list, but yeah, I'm not... I'm what happened to you, Brackish? No, what, what channel, what channel did it come on? I think it might have been on Amazon. I don't think it's even on yeah. TV per I've se. Seen, but I somehow have seen I've the seen whole one thing. Is there, there an episode where there's like a little white girl in the elevator and they're like, don't go in the elevator? Yeah, uh, yeah that's, that's the only thing I've seen. And yeah, so it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's on my TV. I think you explain that episode, please, because that just sounds wild. I, I haven't otherwise. seen it. That's all I've seen. I've seen the clip. Where it is. So, no, no, no. I rely on Baba Tunde to explain it, if he remembers. It's been, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie. It's been, it's been a bit of a while since I've watched it, since I've watched like the series. So, so basically what happens is, yeah, he's at work and then he's about to go in the lift and he sees a, a single, lonely, white girl child in the lift. She must be about seven, eight years old. And rather than ask where, he, where, where your parents are, or do you need help? He just stops, turns away and walks away. And then he basically <laughs> explains to his team that that's a setup and I'm not dumb. I'm not going nowhere near any white child and try to touch her and coach her into safety. I'd rather just pretend I didn't see it. And it does speak to something that's really real and cold where it's like, actually, I probably would do the same. It's like, if no one saw me, like I told the story last week about the white woman that I ended up walking the same way home with. And I was like, no, 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 no. I need to jog. I'm doing a light brisk because I don't want to walk behind you and then have to deal with you screaming in the middle of the night and people being looking at me funny for the next 10 years. I don't want it. That's a fact. Would would you leave the little white girl on the lift? Tell the truth. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) <laughs> I'm telling you park that one boy be like, she knows where she's going I can't even say I can't even say I would it's one of the it's, it's, it's techie isn't it like obviously from afar I'll be like you're good you know what I'm saying be like, yo someone come and this child I'm not getting close to that child you know yeah yeah you're from a proper like yo you're good yeah you're blessed you're good <laughs> Um, oh, <laughs> cool. Has anyone seen Black Lightning? No. Nah, man, I watched a couple episodes and I was just like, this is dead. Bro, <laughs> can I be honest, yeah? That was one of the worst 
TV shows with black people on it. I think that horrible. and the Crouches were the two most painful things I've ever oh, Horrible. Listen, did you, did you see the Crouches? Of course. <laughs> of course. I remember the Crouches. That was dead. And we were so gassed. We're like, Robbie G's in it. It's like oh, pure yeah, legend. Yeah, 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 and the yeah, way that they yeah. were trying to act like we were not disciplined in our home, like we could talk back to our parents. I was like, mate, this is nothing to do with us, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I love that stuff. The thing is, the idea that we could like, I, I think what it was, yeah, is that when they realized they need to put black people on screen, but they also really, really want to employ their white writers, white casts. That they just they don't, they don't want to talk about the story and the culture of us. They just want our faces so that they can say they did something different and then complain that nobody watched it. But it had literally no affinity. Whereas things like Real McCoy, Blouse and Skirts, Baby Father, all those things... Mm. iconic to this day doesn't matter what the yeah. viewage is like if you ask black people from a certain age they were like yeah we watch all of that all the time trust me yeah yeah alright next one we don't watch Black Lightning I've never seen that either ah come on everyone one on one Mark Flex Washington yeah, oh that great was good dad. yeah amazing. great dad yeah he's a good dad do you remember any of the actual episode I, I remember the the daughter was spicy as hell bro <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Do you know what, actually? I watched Fat Moesha. She was about she 15 is. years ahead of her time, bro. Yeah, but she's mad toxic. <laughs> <laughs> is she? She was mad toxic on that show, bro. I watched it, like, when they put it back on Netflix. Oh, yeah, and I watched yeah. it. I said, nah, like, toxic. Tell us about that. <laughs> don't do that to me. <laughs> don't do that to me, brother. Yeah. Everyone just all I was saying to anyone listening, go and watch it, yeah. You'll understand what I mean. <laughs> We're not playing that game, Marvin. <laughs> My no. child set me up. I said, I'm I said, so ready. Well, go watch it for yourself, innit? I was so ready. That would have been the clip as well. So tell us why black women are toxic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm intrigued. Please, Baba Tinde, tell us. Yeah, so Moesha, she was standing up for herself and speaking of her own agency and that. What challenge you how? Tell us about that. <laughs> I mean, toxic, that's a really interesting word you've used to describe our black women. <laughs> No, no, no. I'm not getting set up here, boy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but she she was quite wild and she was very, very directional. But in some of it was actually quite interesting to watch how she perceived herself. And they, they created this narrative around strong black women in a way that was like useful rather than kind of like they don't feel any pain and you can do whatever you want for them. And they just rise up and make you breakfast in the morning. It's like, actually, she was standing up very articulately for herself in those a different way. She also dated her older teacher in a couple of episodes and kissed him, you know, a couple of things that snaked, are a bit questionable. Snaked her friends. Yeah. Snaked her friends yeah. in a couple of episodes, you know what I'm saying? But oh. they... <laughs> they didn't do curiousness, I think. That was probably the only gap they left. <laughs> they made them be everything. <laughs> That's literally all we have left. Okay, so we got him. Ah, this one I have a special affinity for. Ray Campbell from Sister Sister. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. very straight laced, very professional. Yeah, proper. Yeah. What What do you remember of him in the episodes? Like, if you say from him as a character of a dad, what What were the like takeaways that you got from him that you think were valuable? His work ethic. Because I remember, oh, what did he do for a living? Can't remember exactly what he did for a living, but all I remember is because he was the only one that was working for a while yeah. before their the other sister's mum started working but yeah and the fact that he was able to allow her into the house and allow the 
children to live together, that whole thing. I thought mm. I was a cool dad. Mm. I, I think he was warm. I remember him being warm, really warm and listening to how they felt and stuff like that. And he offered, always offered advice, mm-hmm. which I thought was, yeah. even like how he is in the picture and the link that he sent mm. is, is a good image of, of how he was portrayed. I, I think we yeah. never talk about that guy. And really when we talk about black men, we always talk about them in their extremities, but we don't really talk about just the guy. And I always see myself, I'm probably not just a guy, but I think I'm just a normal person that's like, you know, a person. I, I'm not extreme. I'm not super road. I'm not super intelligent. I just, I'm just a person. And quite often it gets eroded from the conversation and you just make these like caricatures of black masculinity. But I like the idea of like liking classical music, having a business, you know, doing honorable things by, by people. Sure you know, raising your daughter by yourself. Like, yeah. it just, it's just nice to see without the kind of like, because I always feel like it's a bit of an armor and we get used as a bit of a like, almost like a soundboard for the main story. So what they want to do is tell mm. the story of a hard up mother mm. and the, what they go through and they still go to work and they get the job, which happens. But then in that, you just use the man as a tool to tell the story of a female-centered perspective of it, never really do you get like an actual texture of just a guy that isn't there as a, as a prop for that, even though he was the part of all the jokes. But it's quite nice to have that in, in, the, in the discourse. When we talk about it, we'll get to some of the other ones. When we get to the other popular TV dads and film dads, they're really still the limelight. And, and you know, regularly people like him don't get seen and heard. And I think they cover the bases. Ah, did you ever watch the Bernie Mac show? Because Bernie Mac's on here. He's number six. I did. Yes. A little bit, yeah. What, what was he like on that? I don't really remember. Bro, he was he was strict. Strict. Yeah. Strict dads. <laughs> always, always fighting these kids. Your head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was exactly what he was when he did the uh, routine on um, um, Kings of Comedy. Kings of Comedy. Kings of Comedy. <laughs> yeah, he was exactly that. Yeah. So, yeah, strict and just hilarious. It's typical it's African dad. Yeah. Even though he's and not African, but It's interesting African. that an African-American father can imitate an African dad in such clarity because it is that, it's that kind of strict, but it's not just strict from a senseless, like, do what I say rule. It's kind of like, it's based in something. It's like a real clear idea of what you can and can't do to me as your parent guardian. And I, I think some of that's been lost anyway. Is, is he one of the greatest comedians of all time? Absolutely. Where, where would you Absolutely. rank him? Is he Mount Rushmore? Is he just outside top 10? He's not Mount Rushmore for me, but he's just, he is top 10. But he, all right, how can I say this? He is laugh to your belly, can't take no more pain. Like, you know, mm. when your stomach is finished, it's just like, all right, you've, you've taken all the laughter out of me. He is that funny. Whereas like someone like a Dave Chappelle is intelligent, funny, will make you crack up and belly yeah. laugh. But Bernie Mac makes you like, you have to run out of the room. Because mm. yeah, if, if he says one more thing, it's just like, okay, I'm finished. He, that, that's the laughter you get from him. Who, who is on your Mount Rushmore, by the way? Chris Rock, Dave Chappelle, Eddie, and Ginny Asheray goes up there. She is an incredible... Really? Uh, yeah, she's an incredible joke writer. Incredible. Mm. Yeah. What about you, Marlon? What, what, who's your Mount Rushmore? I think Chris Rock, Kevin Hart in the early days. I think he's really funny. Richard Blackwood. I think he's hilarious. Like, I, mean, I went to a show of his that he was doing with a very, very small group of people like Black <laughs> <Lassie> Ray's Marvin. <laughs> <laughs> he was brilliant. 
don't know. Probably, probably Mo. I think Mo. I think Mo, Mo Gilligan. He's. I think he's brilliant. See, I saw a clip of his on Facebook, like a skit that he'd done on Facebook, and I thought, let me follow this done. And then you know he just progressively got better and better and better and better and better. Not better. He's always been funny, but I think he's brilliant. He's up there, always funny, mm. always always funny. And Babatunde, you're you're up there as well, mate. I remember you from the old days, <laughs> <laughs> John Junior. John Junior. Yeah, wow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Marvin, who's in your Mount Rushmore? Some of the names have really been mentioned. So yeah, definitely Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock. I like Cat Williams. He had a moment where he was he was yeah. funny. Like I, I was watching a clip today of when he was doing the intro to Rick Ross, Every Day I'm Hustling. And he, he has that skit. Oh, that's, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I love that. That's exactly one. That was hilarious. And then, yeah, Richard Pryor as well. I put him up there. Yeah. And I've recently read his book and he had a troubled mm. life. Like if you knew some of the things that he went mm. through, you know, raped as a child by a man, abused, grew up in a in a brothel. I think his dad was a pimp or something like that. You can see where his comedy came from in the sense where how, you know, how challenged he was throughout his life. But he always rose to the top. And he was like, he was like what you were saying before about fatherhood. He was extreme. You know, he, I think he was married six times to five different women. So he married the same woman twice on one occasion. Like, But yeah, he's, yeah, you can see the kind of the comedic energy where it came from in his life. So yeah, Richard Pryor mm. would definitely be there for me. Mine is... Chappelle number one, Murphy number two, Rock number three, and then Louis C.K. number four. Now, obviously, Louis C.K. has done some things. Like, that <laughs> can, I, can, I, can, I, can I, I'm not, not stopping you, bro. Honest to God, I was about to say him, but then that came into my mind, and I said, no. <laughs> Honest to God, because you know what? I agree with you. As a comedian, Wow. He, is he, he made some joke up about him moderately confusing his sexuality to prove something to his daughter. And I, I literally, I broke intellectually and in terms of humor. And they have another joke he did where he was like, Christians have won the religious wars. Do you want to know how you know? What year is it? And I was like, wow. <laughs> and I sat there and I was just like, these little things, these observations that he says... I don't think for me he he would have he was coming it was going to be between him and Chappelle if he carried on his run because I loved every special I saw all of the yeah. monologues he did I just really rated him I would put Ricky Gervais actually at number five because I personally like that type of humor but he hasn't done enough in the wider world. Do you, I have a question actually. I probably ask Robert Tunde. Why do you think many of the best comedians ever are black? What What do you think that is? Is it just is it our Mount Rushmore? I think that's most people's Mount Rushmore. Give and take, maybe George Carlin, Louis C.K., maybe Bill Burr a little bit in the top ten. But most of the top ten is black men, right? I think that's probably amongst the people that you talk to. I think if you talk to people outside of that, not all the time, but you will find. Especially if you go to America, you will find like, you know, George Carlin and up, up there and Bill Burr and then, you know, Louis C.K. Probably not now, but Seinfeld. definitely. Yeah, Seinfeld. Oh my God. Yeah. You'll, you'll find those guys up there, especially if you go to America. But it, I mean, when I watch Seinfeld, it's not really my humor. George Carlin, the same thing. He's really just doing a monologue. He's not mm. doing jokes. And I think he gets that respect because of his age and he's been doing it for so long. Cause I've watched the, I've watched many George Carlin stuff and I'm like, okay, 
Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not busting up or anything, but yeah. yeah man. Do you read people like Dice Clay and, and those types of people, that era? Not John Candy. What was the other guy? Uh, he passed away. I can't remember what his name is. But there, there was a whole generation of the, like, 90s late comedians that was super eccentric, the kind of Saturday Night Live crew, this Adam Sanders. Oh. Like, did any of those resonate with you or, or not really? Not really, man. It, it was different. Like, when I found Eddie Murphy... That was it. Mm. It was just like, oh my God, this is, this is me. That's the guy. And then Chris Rock, that's, he's my favorite comedian. Chris Rock for me <laughs> took it to another level. Like, Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Um, bring the Pain, yeah. that is my favorite comedy special to mm. this day. Nothing mm. tops that, you know what I'm saying? Mm. So yeah, you know, the Seinfelds and like you said, some of the other comics, eh, this didn't do it for me. They weren't talking to me. Yeah. What were you going to say, Marlon? The, I can't remember the, the uh, ginger guy, the Scottish guy. What's his name? Comedian. Oh, Frankie Boyle. Frankie Boyle. I think he's Boyle. hella... Listen. Ooh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's got, got that, I don't give a that attitude. Yeah. Like if you, if you, yeah. come, if you rock mm, with that, mm. I think he's hilarious. That's it. I think... He seems to have gone quiet recently. Is that just yeah. me? Yeah, he's, probably. He's, he's, he's probably just did something. He did say something about the Queen or something, and he went. Left. Yeah, that 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 was his problem. So when he was doing the news, that news show, I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, I know what about. Yeah, um, mock, mock the week, mock the week. Yeah, they were cutting out a lot of his work, so he dropped sort of dropped it out. But he he's he's hilarious. I think he's so funny, so so funny. Yeah, mm. he's up there. Click and Collect is now available at your nearest Tesco. Get your shopping freshly clicked and freshly picked, ready for you to park and pick up outside the store. Shop online and book your slot for free today at tesco.ie. Tesco. Every little helps. Back to the list. So at number five, we have Michael Carl from Wife and Kids. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> Yo, yeah, he goes into the top ten. He's <laughs> hilarious, bro. Like he would do anything just to prove his point. 
He would go out. <laughs> he would go all out just to prove his point. So yeah, mm. I like him. How, how much of that. that do you like resonate with like your style of parenting? Because I, I would say mine is a little bit of that with the ridiculousness and just being funny and, and silly in the house. And then like the disciplinarian of like a James Avery, Uncle Phil vibe. Yeah, that's probably my, I'm probably a bit slick as well sometimes. So a bit of Flex Washington. But other than that, that's pretty much the, the, the makeup. Do you have, we haven't got to the list of it. We'll probably answer this in a bit. But let me get to the final list. It'd be good to have a think now about what makeup or parenting your style is as well. I think it'd be good to know. But yeah, we have to have Michael Carl. I think wife and kids. So there was like Cosby's, Fresh Prince, Gap, wife and kids. And then the rest of it is kind of like, you know, maybe, maybe not. I, I assume nobody watched Good Times because I don't think any of us are open old enough to have watched it. And I think it was very no. US centric. What about Julius Rock from Everybody Hates Chris? Yeah. Great I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Terry Crews is a bit problematic, but the character... Nah, great dad, great yeah. dad. What would you say is problematic? I, th- I think just the way he's he's related to to us as a people overall, like having a platform he does, what he chooses to say, and the voices he chooses to shut out. When they, I can't remember exactly, I think it was something concerning Gabriella Union, where yeah. Um, yeah, he, and he was kind of like almost like denying that it had occurred. And I think when you have a platform like that, there's so much you can do to empower people or, or say nothing. But when you choose to do the opposite and kind of bend to the will of, of the people writing your checks, then yeah, we're, we're not going to like you. We're not going to accept you. are not invited to the cookout no more. Like you can't, you can't come back around here. <laughs> basically. Is he formally disinvited from the cookout? <laughs> we have to see what he does. I think, I think um, everybody hates Chris and, and what he did in uh, my wife and kids gives him good standing, but yeah. He's oh, good. Euro training. Yeah, Euro training. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I think, yeah, there's a, he needs to do a lot to redeem himself. Did he apologise for that though? What he said about Gabriel? He, uh, yeah, I think he did. Yeah, I think he, he, yeah. he did. So we're, we're still holding him. We're, we're holding him he, he's at the door. Hold the L for a little while. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're waiting to uh, see if he knows someone in the cookout first. You know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next one we have is at number two. So Randall Pearson from This Is Us. Have you seen This Is Us? Because I, I'm season one in. No, I haven't no, seen it. No, I haven't seen it. Oh, you got, I, need to, I really should have asked questions about who I'm doing this with. That's an iconic TV show, by the thing is, The good thing is it's homework. Now we know there's a lot more Black Dads we need to go and watch. That's, that's so why you're going to do another episode to do the work that you should have done this week. <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> that's the most Black Man shit ever. Like, no, let's do it again next week, man. It's cool, man. <laughs> I'll read it this time. <laughs> <laughs> and the number one is Philip Banks, which I, I just assume must Come be. On. Yeah. Yeah, there's no Bill Cosby on this TV list. Is that is that fair? I think if you're talking TV dads, you have to include him, but we have to separate the man from the TV character. So we have to call him Cliff Huxtable at all times. Yeah, because you can't deny at the time what that show represented for black people both in America and the UK. And j- just in terms of council culture, because Babatunde is probably about two weeks from being cancelled anyway. Like, what, what is that? Comment on The second your show comes out, I'll be like, black women are... And I, I was just, <laughs> toxic, Imagine, city. and I've never said that, but that's what the title is. Black women are toxic with my face. I'll my number, bro. I'll be like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> how, how, how do you separate a man who's created incredible art? And this also applies to like R. Kelly's. I want to say Michael Jackson, but I have different questions than Michael Jackson, so I want to leave him alone. But R. Kelly, you know, even Chris Brown, like how do you separate the art that they create, the person that they are? Do you have a rule or is it based on individual things? Because acting versus music, playing a dad role, but not actually your name versus like your art, your music, your fame. Is there their rule to it? I don't think there is. I don't think you can. How can I say? I don't think you can separate the two. Well, I don't think people will. I, I, I'm just talking. This, this is a contradiction. What I'm about to say. It's just that at the time of Bill Cosby show or the Cosby's, it was so iconic. It was so iconic and it was a massive, massive show. This is years, obviously, before we found out what my man was up to. But if you just talking about it, separating and talking about that show and who he was, what he represented, you've got to kind of include that character in the conversation. Yeah. Marvin, Marlon? Yeah. Is he definitely in? I think, I think what, what was funny about what Bobberton they were saying is what well, I think Dave Chappelle makes a joke about exactly that with Bill Cosby. But yeah, no, I completely agree. And I think what's problematic with people like R. Kelly is the content of his music. Because now it's like he was dropping clues about what he was yeah. up to throughout his songs. And I think that's what makes it so much harder to listen to because you know that he was really, he was really about that life. And then, you know, age ain't nothing but a number. Well, 50 Cent, you know, kill people and, you know, other rappers kill people and sell drugs and they talk yeah. about that. Like, where does the line of morality end? Uh, yeah. Because people talk about that and I appreciate I'm not making light of any sure, of their yeah. things. I think it's all problematic. But fundamentally, we accept you know, a real rapper saying wild things of spectacularly killing people. I still love the LOX to today. I don't know how people would have actually killed, but I believe they have just because how articulately they talk about murder in different contexts. But I, th- I think that, you know, there's loads of people who have talked about things and done things. There are currently prisoners in jail. I saw a huge campaign for like free titch the other day, Crazy T, who's a, a UK artist. And, you know, sometimes I'm perplexed a little bit. I'm not sure... If I agree, I, you know, people that are involved in certain crimes, you want them to go to jail. Can they have a career after? They deserve to make money and survive. They shouldn't be homeless after they commit crime and pay their justice to society. But where does, where does the line end? Like in, in your minds, just it'd be good to understand what you think. Cause I think people are going to ask us why we include the Cosby show. And I, and I, I have to post and read the comments. So help <laughs> <laughs> me out. I think for me, when it comes to rap, like you're saying, I think, I mean, this is probably a bit controversial as well, but there's reasons where you could kill or you could avenge or they're like, you know, you could, you could commit that particular crime for the things that R. Kelly did. There's, there's no reason for it. There's no justification. And so I think, again, it kind of goes into the context of what they're talking about. And obviously they dramatize it in rap songs, 50 Cent and you know, other artists like that. But yeah, there's no way R. Kelly could justify what he was doing. So that's, that's kind of where my line comes from in that context. I think the whole the whole Bill Cosby thing, Babbitton Day's right. At that time, it was iconic. And I remember growing up watching the Cosby show. Great dad, warm, you know what I mean? I, and I loved that part of it. But cancelled. <laughs> you know what I mean? It undoes all your good work. It doesn't matter how great you were in the past. You know, you, you're, you're recognised for a moment in time. And what he did was, you know, unforgivable, horrendous. Multiple women and people so... Cancelled. I, 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 I think, absolutely. I, I think cancelled. the rate that he saves 
he he says more than he rapes, but he rapes is like literally because at the same time, like when I, when Dave Chappelle did that joke, I was like laughing, but like oh, but like thinking and processing, like at what cost? So people do good at what cost? You do good in one realm, but you create so much negativity in another realm. Do we still hold you in high regard? Do we still need you in the fight or the mission? And I think it depends on how people see blackness and the collectivizing of blackness. But also just men or whatever the intersection is, how you collectivize them matters. Because if we were asking him to, if you're hired to do this only and we don't buy into anything else and you don't launch a new coke, for example, or whatever it is you do and try and I buy NBC and you're like, this is what my gift is. I give my gift and I know I have things going on versus like, we take everyone in their, in their entirety at all times. I don't even know if any man will survive because I don't know any famous black man that has made it to the 60s without a scandal. You've got Kevin Hart, you cheating, and you know people question Will Smith now and what's going on with his marriage. It's not the same in any way near shape. But like everyone has like a thing over their head that says, you aren't what you told us and we're done with you. It just seems to happen. So who is? are there any black men you can think of? I think maybe Obama might be the oldest one without a massive scandal, but I, you know, I'm praying it doesn't come, but I hope it, I wouldn't be surprised if it did. Is there anyone that's made it out clean as a celebrity black man? David Lammy, parts of people. I think a lot of black people don't like this David Lammy for multiple reasons. I, I'm not one of those people. I really do Why? like him, but cause basically what, what happens is no, when he's I, good. I, I, cause I really, really rate him. So when I, when I check on what his name, when it's trending and stuff, there's always people who are like, he says some stuff about single mothers. He's not doing enough. You know, he's not black enough. All these just, you know, all this stuff. And, and I, and I don't, that's not actually an incredible reason to not like him. But the idea of like going through your career, and I'm sure it will happen to Mo, it happened to Babatun, they just, somebody would just throw questions out there and be like, yeah, but one time in da 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 da, you did this. Like, who makes it out clean? So if we're judging everyone, I think every man, Jay Z cheated and Nas allegedly hit his wife, Khalees, at one point. There's just like all these things that come out. I don't know anyone that hasn't fallen foul of, you know, the lines of, of good and bad and justice. You know, how far do we go? I've never heard nothing about the uh, Wayne brothers. Unless I'm out the loop. Yeah? Yeah. But they're the only ones that I can think of, honestly. The and, that, and that's a real, real point. But I think that's another podcast for another day. But I if you ever think of anything or anyone else that's made it, i got Obama and the Wayne brothers. That's all i got. Everybody else has questions. And so I think, you know, when we talk about the art, I would love to know more. Right, we're going to quickly go into film. We're running out of time, so we're going to move pretty quickly. So number 10, we have Furious Styles from Boys in the Hood. Yeah, definitely. His gentrification scene, I didn't understand it at the time, but yikes. All right, so we've got Furious Styles in. Next up, we have Mr. Jones, who is Reese Witherspoon's from Friday. Yeah. Is he in? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's good. He's good. Okay, this one I'm not too sure about. Definitely. This is Rod Tidwell from Jerry Maguire. So Mr. Basically, Cuba Gooden Jr., show me the money. I don't think I've seen that. He's a constant family man. He basically wants to get more money for his family while trying to prove his worth a new contract. His time again shows Jerry what it looks like to be caring, affectionate husband and father. Rod puts it all on the line for his family. Didn't land enough for me. It does sound like a great story, but I don't, I don't remember that being the center of it. Ah, this one. Wow. John Quincy from John Q. John Denzel Washington. Come on. Come on. Come on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, last um, week when we was like, people talk about how they're going to die for their kids. And I was like, what life do you lead? 
when you think you're going to have to die for your children. <laughs> this is what I mean by you probably will need to, 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 to do that. And that's actually very, very powerful. Uh, next up, we have Chris Gardner, The Pursuit of Happiness. It was played by Will Smith. But... Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. One, yeah. 100. You, you, know, you know that bit, the $5, when he had to give the yes. boss the $5 for... That still makes me angry to this day. Give it back. He needs it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? It's the video where they gave him the job and he walks out of the building down the stairs and he starts clapping and he's just like, yeah. uh, and you know, yeah, and I think yeah, all yeah. of us as men who provide for their children, there's this mental thing of like, you've overcome an obstacle to be able to provide, you know, your minimum experience 100%. as a family is improved. And, Quick question. Mm-hmm. Did any of you cry at that scene? Yes. I cry, I cry rewatching it. <laughs> no, no, bro. Cause it hits you in it. Every time I watch that film, by the time it, it gets to that you. point, I have to hold back the tears. I'm yeah. like, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. It hits you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like my tear ducts, they're doing something. What is, going my hair is a what, is this? what is this water? These times it's winter, yeah. you're just like, no, my hay fever. Who's spraying pepper there. spray? <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, uh, has anyone seen Aquila and the Bee? I haven't seen this. I haven't. Lawrence Fishburne's I haven't seen that. What about Daddy's Little Girls with Idris Elba? I haven't seen this either. I haven't seen that. Mm, this is I an interesting one. What about one Juan from Moonlight, Mahershala Ali's character, who plays like a father-like role to that boy? Oh. He's I've being bullied. Have you seen Moonlight? Yes. I've, I've watched like... I, I, never, what, I never finished the film. But I've watched that. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to put it in because it, it. Two two things happen. One, it made me incredibly happy that they humanized even drug dealers, because even people like that, they are human beings. They're not. It's not. They always make them out to be these money obsessed savages. And there's a lot, usually a bit more culture and a bit more depth. So actually, the the the, the gangsters in my area when I was growing up, really young, like un, under eight. They would never let you participate in the crime. They would give you money to go to the shop. They would tell you to stay out of the streets and all these kind of things. There was a, a high moral fabric. Only later on with this newer age where like it's a free-for-all, but there was always a moral fiber. And the second thing is, is that a man picking up a young boy off the streets and it not being sexualized or made wrong or weird is so important because you can show up for young people in a powerful way without making it sexual and weird or, or sort of confusing. It's like you see a little person running around the street, you see something in you in them and you just want to give them a bit of a guidance. And he's like teaching them how to swim and stuff. Like that's not, mm. you know, that's not even normal black people stuff. So it's really, really powerful to see it. So I'll add one Herschela from, from Moonlight. And the last one, as we're really, really running out of time, is so you don't know Maverick Cars from The Hate You Give so, so the hate you give is basically a dad. He comes out of jail and he drills into his children and his daughter. He's, he's like best friend as a police officer. His daughter witnesses a murder of her best friend in at a traffic stop. And he's like coaching these children oh, through yeah, no, how to it, negotiate with police and the streets. And then he ends up being back and forth with um, the local gangster or whatever. And the way he stands really powerfully for them is, is like really inspirational. If you haven't seen that film, we don't even need to add him, but please go watch The Hate You Give, Maverick Quarter. It's just a, it's a part of a beautiful film and a great depiction of masculinity, if you haven't seen it. So we have our long list. Let's go through it real quick. And we're going to try and make a 10 out of this, yeah? So, and also, if any of these definitely don't make it, just say as well and we'll scrub them off. Uh, so Frank Mitchell, Moesha. 
Uh, Alan Jackson, EastEnders. <laughs> right, Alan's gone. So we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. We've got to lose five. We've lost okay. one in Alan Jackson. Alan. We lose one more. Andre Johnson from Blackish. Is he in your ten? All right. Can can we can we cause cause let's just take out Bill Cosby's character from now. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, uh, put him for the top yeah, ten. Agreed. Let's just take agreed. Like, he was in the top fifteen. Nice. Take him out now. Right. <laughs> cool. Uh, Flex Washington one on one. Ray Campbell from Sister Sister. Bernie Mac, the Bernie Mac Show. Michael Carl, wife and kids. Julius Rock, everybody hates Chris. Philip Banks, Fresh Prince. Furious Styles, Boys in the Hood. Mister Jones, Friday. John Q, Denzel. Chris Gardner, Pursuit of Happiness, and One Moonlight. Well, the thing is, One's not actually a father, so he has to go. But please watch Moonlight because it's a beautiful depiction of masculinity. So he has to go. I think I think Bernie Mac's an uncle. Yeah, as well in, that's yeah, a good that's point. True. So in the technicality, yeah. we lose Bernie. Yeah. We've got one more to get rid of, so we can get down to the bacon. Jeez. So uh, Mr. Jones Friday for me at the moment is the yeah. weakest one. Because John yeah. Q. Denzel is yeah, superhero, yeah. Chris Gardner superhero, Furious Styles, mm. uh, Boys in the Hood superhero, Philip Banks untouchable, Julius Rock yeah. untouchable, Michael Carl untouchable, Ray Campbell, mm. Flex Washington is probably the other weakest, only because the show wasn't as iconic, but he was a good dad and he raised a child by himself. Andre Johnson is iconic to me, and then Frank Mitchell. So I would say it's between Mr. Jones and. Flex Washington from one-on-one. Um, all right. Flex never really taught his daughter that much. He never really gave her, like, life lessons from my recollection. specials. Yeah, whereas um, in Friday, there's that iconic, you know, you got to fight with these, you know, with your fist rather than the gun. Yeah. And <laughs> just for that, I have to give him that. Yeah, so I'm with I'll you. All right, so we're going to work number one because I feel like we have a really strong idea of who Great. the number one is. Uh, you know, mine would always be Philip Banks. Actually, no, 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 no. Sorry. I was about to say Philip was an uncle, but luckily he had his own children there as well. He did, so. he did. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I panicked there for a second. <laughs> we didn't yeah. So my number one would be Philip Banks, but the only no, not Phil. caveat to that is Chris Gardner, John Q and Furious Styles from a film perspective were very iconic but I would say Phil Bank, Philip Banks, yeah. taking in children yeah. of your own, lawyer, yeah. he's co-parenting with both, <laughs> both of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. The lessons, the practical lessons, like, have you seen the one where it says, like, break out Lucille, and he's like, yo, that is yeah. super next level. Is, is there any competition to him? And I'll say, and the way, the, I'll say the way he stuck it on Will's dad as well. So the fact that you as an uncle Ooh. added up the dad, yeah, top yeah. Tier, yeah. Yeah, he's so number two for me, John Q, Furious Styles, Michael Kyle from Wife and Kids, Moesha, Chris Gardner, Pursuit of Happiness. Chris Gardner for me. He went ham for his son. Remember when he was in the toilet? He had to sleep in the toilet and the people was trying to get him. Mm, and he was crying. That was big. Crying, yeah. How do you feel? I have, an attachment, to, I have attachment to Furious. I won't be mad at that. Because, like, like, no, no. He didn't try and sacrifice himself for his own children, so I'll give the John Q. So in that, then then it's like John Q, yeah. Furious Style, or Chris Gardner. 
Oh, this is hard. Because John Q, you, you're basically going to jail. Mm. I think he didn't go to jail in the end. They took empathy on him. But that was big. That was. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think I'm thinking maybe John Q. John Q? I'd be in agreement with that. Because especially linked to what you're saying last week about this, this is when you. (laughs) 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 What life do you need to live to die for your kids? Oh, there's one. (laughs) Then three and four would be between Furious Styles and Chris Gardner, or you can add Michael Kyle, wife and kids, if you really felt he was the one, or Julius. I put Chris Gardner, and then I'd put Furious. Me personally, yeah. Me personally. Anyone else? Yeah, I'd be happy with that. Okay. I agree with that. Furious styles, amazing. It's it's just a gentrification speech. Is the whole is the whole thing for me, right? And so then we have Julius Rock from Everyone Hates Chris, Michael Carl from Wife and Kids, Andre Johnson, Blackish, Frank Mitchell, Moesha, Mister Jones from Friday. I would say Michael Carl because I think Wife and Kids is in terms of TV is the second most iconic that we can add because Bill Cosby got removed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and I like his character. He's like a joker as well. Like yeah. you can actually have fun. You know what I mean? It's not not everyday serious, and you can gun your kids <laughs> and don't break don't break them emotionally. Yeah. You know what I mean? All right. So Michael Carlin's number five. Then we got Julius Rock, Mr. Jones from Friday, Andre Johnson, Ray Campbell, Frank Mitchell. Yeah, I say maybe Julius. Yeah, yeah. just because of how frugal he was, it was all about yeah. the money. Bro. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you. Bro. All right, yeah. Mr. Jones from Friday, Andre Johnson from Blackish, Frank Mitchell from Moesha. Frank Mitchell, he was vibes, man. Yeah, and him, the way he used to hang out with D and they were doing foot rubs and them doing the cat purrs and all that. I was like, I slightly won that in my older years, but I'm 40 and my wife been purring at me. I went out. <laughs> uh, and then, so we got uh, Ray Campbell, Andre Johnson, and Mr. Johnson Friday. I would put Ray. I yeah, I was going to say Ray. Yeah. Yeah. As a good straight-laced, hard-working... Weren't trying to be cool. He just he was there doing what needed to be done. I think yeah, and he, he he's like a he's like a black flannels. Oh snap! Wow! Oh my god! Yes, man, real yeah. It's facts though. Last two: Andre Johnson from Blackish, Mr. Jones from Friday. It's a toss-up, boy. Heads or tails, boy. <laughs> Literally between these guys. Let, let, let's do the one from Friday because I think the whole lesson at the end and parenting Ice Cube was yeah, very yeah, difficult. Sure. And I think the whole gun thing yeah. was big. Uh, Andre Johnson, I do think, is great. But, you know, maybe not enough time has gone through where we, we uh, understand the power of that show. It's just not really our era. We were already probably dads by the time that came out, to be honest. Uh, so just to run that for everybody else at number 10 we have Andre from Blackish at number 9 we have Friday Mr. Jones at 8 we have Ray Campbell Sister Sister 7 we have Frank Mitchell Moesha 6 we have Julius Rock from Everybody Hits Chris number 5 we have Michael Kyle from My Wife and Kids 4 we have Furious Style Boys in the Hood 3 Chris Gardner Pursuit of Happiness 2 John Q from John Q and number 1 Uncle Phil the supremo dad uh, and just to close 
First of all, are you happy with that list? Is there anyone that you've missed that you feel like should have been from any wider world? Or Ooh, I've got a good one. Desmond. Oh, how did we miss that? Okay, how did yeah, we miss that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Desmond. That's a big one. Great, yeah. though. Does he replace oh, anybody? Because he's English, I think test. we should kick one of the Yanks out. Should we just mm. replace him with the guy from Blackish? Because yeah, I can't. I can't. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Desmond, man. Yeah, yeah definitely. That doesn't mean I anything. Guy it's a small well. parish in Jamaica. No one thinks too much. But about I felt it. like he was like I felt like he was my dad. I don't know why. He felt like really? every, no, he felt like everyone's dad because he was the only black dad on TV at that time. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But he was no, like he everyone in my family. Movie. He was he resembled everyone in my family. You know what I mean? He mm. could go when he went to the barber shop. It was like yeah. that. Yeah, back you in know? the day when barbers were old. <laughs> like, you know Old, I mean? yeah, exactly. I remember old. them times. <laughs> now, now your barber's like 22. Yeah. You've got like mics on, like more than yours. Just Sliders. Like, nine slits in his head. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> on his head, it's like 50 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> but I just want to board, I just want to board it. How, I don't understand. I just want to cut it all off. Uh, bro, you want to go Turkish, bro. Change your life. Go Turkish barbers. I don't go to, I haven't been to a black barber in about seven, eight years. So Turkish barbers. Okay. Oh, I don't know about that. Bro, live the dream, bro, man. They do massages, <laughs> wet towels. They put all sorts of stuff. They go to town. <laughs> have, have you thought about the kind of dads, like which one of these dads make up your approach to parenting out of all of the ones that we put in that short list? I, I'll, I'll quickly just say mine are, I reckon, Uncle Phil in terms of like line drawing and discipline. I would say Frank Mitchell, because I always think I, I know better and, and it's like, look at my house. No, nah, it's actually not. It's not really my house, my rules, because anyone that is actually married or has children knows that that doesn't really last very long. Fewer styles, because I think I have a lesson in everything. I think I'm a coach for sure. I would say those two, but then I will say uh, um, Michael Carl, because I think I'm hilarious as well. My children genuinely think I'm silly when I'm actually being serious. They think it's a joke. So that's not very useful, but you know, those, those are my three. What about you guys? I think me, James and Patrick, when they violate <laughs> Strap on the face, it's six. I said, get up. <laughs> um, I think for me, it's definitely uh, Michael Carr for the how, how jovial he is. And then the discipline is Uncle Phil. I mean, my parenting is very black and white. We have fun. You'd be disciplined. Yeah. <laughs> no in between. Uh, definitely Michael Kyle, you know, because I'm very silly at home. Especially this, the relationship that he had with his wife. Me and my wife are exactly the same. Like my son, whatever my son says, it just sounds like he's singing a song. So I just take the piss out of him all the time. You know what I'm saying? And he does the same to me. So I know we're going to have that relationship and furious, furious, 100%. Mm. I'm like, I'm very much like him because furious also was very strict as well. And, you know, even mm-hmm. at the beginning scene where, you know, he has the strap and he's shooting and all of that kind of stuff. I'm that type of dad. Like, let them introduce a gun law in England. I'm lighting man up. Like, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> it's my wheelie bin. But I'm like, definitely furious. Definitely Michael Carr. And um, a little bit of Uncle Phil in there because, like you said, like, you know, the whole discipline, mm. um, disciplinarian thing. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, exactly the same as Baba Tunde. It was going to be Uncle Phil, Michael Carl, and, and Furious. Because I think Michael Carl's kind of like the funny but serious lessons, and Furious was like the serious, serious lessons. So I think you do need a balance. 
And I like the way that Fury is trying to wrap in the whole, you know, racism, gentrification, bigger picture. And yeah. I can't wait till my son gets to that age when I can say, they're against us. Let's, you know, <laughs> let's navigate this. <laughs> but for now, it's just, you, know, you, have to, you have to lessen the lessons a little bit and, you know, just teach them in a gentle way. But yeah, we know there's that deeper subtext to it. So yeah, definitely Uncle Phil, um, Furious and, and Michael Carl. That's dope, man. Now, look, guys, thank you so much. I really appreciate it, man. I think we've achieved something here today. We have really... Because even this list, yeah, I, I've done this list a couple of times on Instagram, and it's never actually been in this order and never really included all of these different people in it. So I think it's... Like, the film part, I think, really put a, a spin on it. But I, I do think, like, we do need... Like, you think about the the ballot, the areas and how we kind of learn how to be fathers or how learn how to be men. Like, if you don't have a... a, a a positive version in your house is still a little bit of a gap between what you don't want in your house versus what you do want. It's a different fuel. And so just seeing flickers of different ways of parenting, male parenting specifically, is really, really powerful. And I think actually if people haven't seen some of these guys in action, like it's worthy of going away and looking at some of the clips on YouTube because there's great lessons in just how to deal with different things. I think about Michael Carl when Junior says that he's having a baby and like they don't go through all this stuff to try and separate them and like, you know, manage it. And actually the best thing was just to lead them to it and love them. And, you know, they, it's just all these little lessons that can happen in your family. And even, even it's usually the people that think that the, the shit don't stink, excuse my language, that end up with dealing with some of these things the most because they try so hard to avoid it that they push people into these types of environments. And so for me, I won't judge my kids no matter what. They're just going to go through stuff. And when they go through it on their own, I will be there to coach them through those things. That's my method. But I think everyone has their own, but there's enough here for you to see. Anyway, guys, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. We actually ran over, but who cares? Because suddenly that's <laughs> talking and none of us have jobs or anything meaningful to do, clearly. So thank you. I really appreciate it. Baba Tunde, thank you so much for joining us. I very much appreciate you, even though you don't speak into the group. You may not even be in it anymore. I don't even know. I don't <laughs> no, know. I am. I am. Yeah, you're still in there, yeah? I'm still in there. I watch, I watch, but it's just that I, I just I feel like if I say something, I'm just gonna get overwhelmed with I don't know opinions. So I just kind of keep it, <laughs> which it's I should. Hard I should. Famous brother, it's hard. It's like it's hard. Nah, 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 bro. Trust me. <laughs> I got that's time, the, that's the other clip that we're gonna put. Up. It's so hard when you're famous and you're too famous to comment on a group full of men. Nah, nah, man. Doing amazing things themselves. Nah. You're famous. <laughs> No, I do want to say I do want to say this quick plug if you guys don't mind but um, yeah, yeah. I've got a podcast coming out called Mission Imagination the short story is me and my wife we were searching for some books we didn't know what books to get where we're going to see any representation of like you know some black faces and stuff like that and my wife happened to find a book by a company called The Good Book for Children and basically you know all the characters they're biblical characters but they're all, you know, black. And the first time my son saw it, it was just, oh, he looks just like me. She just looks like me and stuff like that. And so uh, I got approached by Puffin, Puffin Books, which is, you know, a branch of uh, Penguin Books. And they're doing the exact same thing, you know. So it's like a passion project. We're championing diverse voices across the UK. They're also working with Lit in Colour, which are supplying books to schools with the same, you know, the same kind of mindset, like let's champion like diverse voices. So I'll be on the podcast, which is called Mission Imagination, talking to like different authors and talking to kids and like, you know, taking them on like an imagination journey. So, you know, if you've got little children, you know, please do let them listen. It's going to come out in the summertime every Wednesday. 
And trust me, it's it's going to be good, man. So, but I'm so oh, thankful man. for you guys even inviting me on to uh, Dope Black Dad. You know what I'm saying? Marvin, obviously, you're my mentor. So, you know, the love is there. I appreciate you, bro. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it, man. Guys, thank you so much. We had an amazing episode. And, you know, I, I feel like we've been to, been to a bit of a swing at the moment. Little vibes. Uh, so yeah. I really appreciate it. Uh, make sure you check out the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Babatunde, Marvin and Marlon. We appreciate you and salute you. Thank you. And so thank you guys for listening. I really much appreciate it. We'll be back next week with another episode. Uh, you can find us at at Dope Black Dads on all social media platforms. You can also email me for a chat at hello at dopeblackdads.com. Thank you so much for listening, my brothers. I appreciate you all. Uh, we'll be back next week. Christmas is coming and the countdown has begun. With luxurious treasures for everyone on your gift list, Kildare Village has the season of giving all wrapped up. Discover spectacular savings from more than 100 designer brands in one beautiful open-air setting. Enjoy complimentary parking and something delicious from gorgeous restaurants and exciting pop-ups under starlit skies. Christmas wishes come true at Kildare Village. Something extraordinary every day. Meanwhile, overseas, one Irish passenger is arousing suspicion. Open your bag, please, sir. Sure. Well... What's this? 40 packs of Kearns sausages. How long's your stay here? Seven days. Suspicious? Officer Kim runs some tests. Okay, sir, we found evidence of a delicious flavour kick. It's fine, but I will have to confiscate these. Huh? In the end, the passenger decides to return home rather than give up his Kearns. No surprise. Kearns sausages. There's something else. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.